0: This week's parasha talks about the great meeting between Jacob and Esau. To recap, Jacob ran away for his life from his brother Esau, subsequent to him receiving the blessings from their father Yitzchak. Now without getting into the whole story of why Esau thought the blessings belonged to him, why Yaakov took the blessings and how he managed to get the blessings, Esau was out for his life. Now this is a couple of decades later. Jacob is not the same Jacob. He already has, at this point, great wealth and a very large family. Now that itself is a topic of discussion of where he prospered. He prospered out of Israel and the duress perhaps brought on the greatest of the prospering in his life. But now it's time for Jacob to come back. He's coming back to Israel. He's coming home. Thing is that he hears that his brother Esau is still out there looking for him. And according to reports, 400 men together with him. Quite a militia. Yaakov at this point recognizes that uh, he's going to have to confront this head on. The Torah tells us that he prepared himself in three ways. He engaged in the diplomacy, he sent gifts to his brother. The Torah goes to great length to describe what he sent and how he packaged it and how he sent it along to Esav so that it should be quite impressive. But Yaakov recognized that may not work and if that would not work, then he was ready to go to war. It wasn't his go-to, it wasn't his style, but if he had to go to war, he would go to war, and win, he would win. Perhaps that sounds a little similar to the Jewish person today. Not the first option to go to war, but if it's needed, boy, do we go to war. And of course, there was the option and necessity to pray. So there was three-pronged, approach over here. Jacob continues on his journey and the Torah tells us of the great meetup between Yaakov and Esau. So the moment arrives and Yaakov lifts up his eyes and he sees Esau indeed is coming to him with 400 men. These are all well armed and trained for war. Jacob at this point splits up his family the divide-and-conquer approach over here. And he approached them in front of his family to confront his brother Esau. He sees Esau, and at that point we hear that the showdown is such that Esau sees him, and at that point has a semblance of compassion and embrace. There's a lot that's going on over here in the story, which is nuanced in the words of the Torah. But we see that Yaakov and Esav actually embrace at this point. Esav looks up and he says, when he sees the whole family of Jacob, he says, who are these? How are they related to you? Don't forget, there's many years that had ensued since Yaakov, who was just unmarried. Brother of Esau had left the home of their Collective parents, Yitzchak and Rivka. Yaakov responds as a true righteous man. He said, these are the children that God has graced your servant with. And that's a very interesting way of putting it. God has graced your servant. You see, Yaakov understood that what was in his possession was really all blessings from the Almighty as opposed to having an approach of, I've earned this. I have created this. This is the work of my toil, right? Which sometimes we get into that that frame of mind where the truth is everything that we have is graced upon us from Hashem. Of course, we do and we work. But at the end of the day, everything is a blessing. Yaakov then urges Esau to receive those gifts that he sent him, and he says, please, and he urges him to receive it, which Esau then responds and says, look, I myself have an abundance. I have a lot more than this. I don't need your presence, really. And then he says to Jacob, he says, you should have what is yours. Now, as I mentioned, there's different uh, layers to the conversations which are taking place over here, Rashi commentary says right over here, Esav is acknowledging and acquiescing those blessings that Jacob received from the father Yitzchak. In other words, the source of the issue that Esau was running after him because he thought that Jacob was undeserving of it. He thought that it was deserving to him. This is the great moment, the great acquiescence. This is a very, very powerful part of the exchange. Of course, we know that Yaakov, our forefather, represents the Jewish people, B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel, as he is renamed in this Parsha to Yisrael, and Esau represents the father of other nations, of Christianity, of Rome, etc. And so this acknowledgement and this acquiescence in this parsha as it unfolds in the great biblical recounting, is very, very significant. The rest of the story, and there is more you can open up and read in the Bible itself, but the truth is the rest of the story is being lived out right now by us, as in every story in the Torah. It's a snapshot of the backdrop of what comes afterwards. It's the wisdom that's given to us to teach us how we should live, how should we conduct ourselves when we are in situations which are less The perfect, how we should consider our blessings when God gives us blessings coming from Thanksgiving weekend. This is the theme that we'll probably be speaking about the whole weekend. But you know, when we learn from Jacob, Ishtam, he was just an individual that was very, very, very at peace and complete with everything that he had and just looked to make it that much more to take the world, transform his surrounding, and make this world a better place. If there was evil that needed to be confronted, if there was challenge that needed to be confronted, if there was a need to surmount, Yaakov had that strength, because at the core he was connected to something so much higher. This is the story of our ancestors, and this is the message for us in today's day and age. Have a fantastic day.